0: As we close in on the end of Season 3, we're taking one last look behind the curtain, and since I'll be traveling soon, this look is appropriate. It's the Benefit of a Doubt podcast! Welcome to the Benefit of a Dowd Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Dowd, and this week, well, for the past few months, actually, we've been pulling back the curtain on this industry, talking about photo testing and talking about the logistics of giving away phones. We even talked about live podcast production, which spurred a change in how this show runs. Now, in one last look, we're talking about travel. Specifically, we're talking to Ricky Villacres about what he packs when he travels for work. Camera? Laptop? Clothing? Clothing? Some of those are optional. Some interesting items came up, and I think you'll enjoy it. And then for one final peek behind the curtain, I answer the question, Hey, can you send me a phone? The answer will not surprise you at all, but this is a piece that I wrote about a year and a half ago, and I've been trying to get Andrew Edwards to come on and talk with me about it, but I haven't been able to pin him down, so I'm just going with what I wrote. I hope you enjoy it, even though you probably won't enjoy it we still don't have a tech yeah for this week but those will come roaring back in season four believe you me i have lots of items lined up in the queue so it's going to be a lot of good fun but that's all coming later so for the pent ultimate time in season three let's get on with the news of the week Meta, the crappy company run by terrible people, has one less crappy people these days because Chief Operating Officer Cheryl Sandberg is stepping down from a number two slot in the company, and before you ask, yes, I said the number two slot, and yes, it does have a double meaning, and yes, I mean both of them. Sandberg was largely responsible for turning Facebook into the advertising juggernaut that it is today, so in other words, Mark built the boat, Sheryl booked the passengers, and both of them suck. Sorry, I ran out of metaphor there. Both Sandberg and Mark Zuckerberg announced the move in Facebook posts, hashtag dogfooding. Sandberg will be succeeded by... Oh, who really cares? Whoever it is will be just as crappy and evil as Sandberg. What, you think they don't vet people before they promote them? And I promise you, this dude is just as much of a jerk, if not more. And you can trust me. First, because, you know, I don't work for Facebook. And second of all, it takes one to know one. Wait a minute. Score one for science on this next story. A damaged liver was removed from an organ donor and placed inside a machine which mimics the human body so it could be repaired and then transplanted into a live patient. This week marks the one year anniversary of that transplant and the patient, who has remained nameless, is doing just fine. The machine, called a liver perfusion machine, mimics heart, lung, kidneys and even a diaphragm in order to keep the liver going. It was out side of a body for three days, which in and of itself is remarkable considering a normal liver donation is only viable for 12 to 24 hours maximum. But the team didn't stop there because this liver was actually damaged. So once the liver was in the machine, the team pumped it full of antibiotics and other medicine until the liver returned to normal functioning levels over a period of three days. And based on the last time I drank scotch, yeah, three days sounds about right. This obviously suggests some of the remarkable possibilities for the future and organ transplants, which is key because there is a major organ shortage going on worldwide. So anything that can be done to increase the viability of organs is a great thing. Plus, it gets us one step closer to living as brains in jars, and the way the world is going lately, that doesn't sound like too bad of an idea. And in a stunning win for consumers, Amazon will shut down the ability for users to buy books and pay for Kindle Unlimited through the app. Wait, that's not a good thing. Oh, right. App stores are involved. Sorry about that. Anyway, users will now have to purchase content in a browser and then access them through the app in the old one-two punch that consumers really love. Amazon had to make this change because Google is apparently not as forgiving as Apple. It seems Google wants to take 15% of all sales using its digital payment system, which would affect Jeff Bezos' bottom line, and we can't have that, hence putting customers through the ringer. Not cool, people. And once again, consumers are forced to root for one billionaire or another. Admittedly, 15% is a bit on the steep side, but Amazon, this is a cost of doing business. No, it's not cool that Google is forcing you to do this, but honestly, making customers jump through hoops just so you can save a buck fifty on a $10 book is not awesome. And Google, guess what? If the workaround is as easy as opening a browser and buying stuff there, then your payment system ain't exactly bulletproof either, is it? I honestly just wish both parties would return to the negotiating table and just leave us the hell out of it because in a choice between Amazon and Google, it's more of a case of who sucks less. You'll recall a Texas law that went into effect a few weeks back prohibiting social media companies from banning users based on their, air quotes, viewpoints, or in some cases, based on their bullshit. Well, the Supreme Court, yes, the same group of conservatives that think men should be able to tell women what they can and can't do with their own bodies, that Supreme Court actually stopped this law from going into effect. At issue is a platform's ability to manage the content that it broadcasts. Texas would want Twitter to allow people to stay on the platform regardless of their views and statements, but the Supreme Court says, not so fast. And what's interesting about this is that this law in Texas came about because of a suspicion and general proof that social media platforms like Twitter have a liberal bias that largely affected conservatives negatively. But that law was overturned by a group of conservatives, which actually gives me just the tiniest bit of faith in our judicial system until I remember Roe v. Wade. Nope right back to disgust and forehead slapping. All the same, the good news is for most Twitter users in Texas, you'll still be able to stay on the platform. The bad news is some of you won't and there's a good chance that you're Republican remember Ingenuity? That's the helicopter that stowed along with the Perseverance rover? Well, now it's got the cute little nickname Ginny, which is fun, but that's not why I'm bringing it up. I'm bringing it up because it set a record-breaking flight this week, although these days, they're all pretty much record-breaking flights. Ingenuity was only supposed to fly five missions originally, and now it's up to 30. This time it set the record for the longest and fastest flight on another planet. It flew at 12 miles per hour for a of 2,310 feet, and that's really cool. NASA engineer Teddy Zanados described the feat. Quote, For our record-breaking flight, Ingenuity's downward-looking navigation camera provided us with a breathtaking sense of what it would feel like gliding 33 feet above the surface of Mars at 12 miles per hour, which is an apt description considering that's exactly how high and how fast the helicopter flew. I just hope that Teddy is a good engineer because he doesn't have much of a career ahead of him in poetry. Oh, Elon. Elon Musk, our favorite Twitter almost owner, sent out an email to Tesla executives informing them that as of June 1st, they're going to need to start coming back into the office or consider themselves fired. Elon is not a fan of working remotely, it would seem. Executives must plan to spend a minimum emphasis on minimum of 40 hours per week breathing everyone else's germs or they're just not tesla material plus they'll need to wear at least 15 pieces of flair on their uniforms or they will get a stern talking to by their manager or that might actually be something else never mind tesla executives will also not be allowed to start youtube channels that show tesla's autopilot cars in accidents and i wish i could say i was kidding but that actually happened Anyway, Elon is convinced that people who work from home are only pretending to work and not really for real working, which is exceptionally ironic for two reasons. Let's start with math. Elon Musk owns Tesla and SpaceX, which presumably means he needs to work for both of those companies. I'm wondering how exactly Elon is coming into the offices for both companies for a minimum, minimum of 40 hours per week, per place because you know it's impossible for him to do his job remotely right now let's add twitter to the mix so that means all 24 of his daily hours are accounted for every day eight hours at tesla eight hours at spacex and eight hours at twitter and i hope all three of those offices are in adjoining buildings because elon does not leave himself any time for a commute Plus, let's just take a look at the fact that Elon Musk is something of a futurist and technology nut. What's with the hard-on for physical workspaces, Elon? Of all people, you should be celebrating the fact that your employees are able to work from wherever they want. And I get it. Not everyone is equipped to work from home. Hell, up till 18 months ago or so. I wasn't very good at it either, but some people are just fine. But Elon is convinced that people working from home are only pretending to work, and honestly, Tesla employees, you're probably better off somewhere else. Elon has done very little to ingratiate himself with me in the last six months, which I know will keep him up at nights. except, of course, he can't ever sleep because of spending so much time at the office. Google announced that it would be combining its popular video chat platforms, Google Meet and Google Duo, into one single surface, bringing the entire total number of messaging apps Google has under its purview to six as opposed to seven. That's progress, I guess. This move is not surprising because, honestly, how many messaging services do you need? At a certain point, it becomes like having too many kids and you just yell out a random name and hope someone brings you toilet paper consolidating message services is a win though so we can be happy about that i'm a little curious as to how it's going to work though currently i dig duo's interface it's simple you just tap a name and you can make a video call meet is still integrated into gmail i guess i never use it so that might get a little awkward i use duo all the time to talk to my daughter but i never email her it'll be interesting to see how google shakes this one out but i think we can all agree that fewer messaging services would be a win and finally diablo immortal dropped this week which is blizzard's latest sequel in the diablo series of games it's been teased since 2018 which seems about right for gamers. The cool thing is you can play through quests in the adventure mode, but it's also an MMO, so you can team up with others to play the same quests if you want. The reviewer at Engadget, whose name I'm not even going to try to pronounce, said it's an exciting and mildly addictive game, which is great news for the Diablo fans of the world, But it also comes with a catch. It seems that Diablo's primary monetization strategy involves gems and loot boxes, which are randomized and, in my experience, typically very hard to get anything done with. So players can choose not to spend any money to play the game, but will likely spend boatloads in order to up their characters to the maximum and trounce all the noobs who don't want to pony up. So, in other words, a typical mobile game. But the loot box concept is so akin to gambling, since you never know what's going to be in the box, that some countries, including the Netherlands and Belgium, won't allow the game within their borders. It's an interesting twist, and it's not all that inaccurate. One of the things that used to bug me about games like Clash Royale were the random nature of the chess So I just stopped caring about them, and it probably didn't do me any favors. But all the same, if you live outside those countries, you should be able to download and play Diablo Immortal. But be advised that the game takes up around 11 gigabytes of space on your phone, and that is what we call Diablo Ouchtown. As a phone reviewer, one of the most common questions we have to deal with is something to the effect of, hey, can you give me this phone? Usually it comes with some additional context. I can't afford a phone like this, or you have all these phones, can you give me just this one? Something along those lines. Now, the answer to this question is unequivocally no, 100% of the time. And that should seem fairly obvious. But I think there's a lot more that goes into it. First of all, I have to say, in a way... I kinda sorta respect the question. There's certainly a component of nothing ventured, nothing gained to it. There's also an element of the numbers game. Ask a hundred tech reviewers for a thousand phones and only one needs to say yes, Sure, what the hell? So I'm not surprised when the questions roll in, and they do. I don't get quite the flood of questions as an Andrew Edwards or an MKBHD, but I do get them, and I got one on the old YouTube channel, and this is the first one that I want to address directly. The device in question was the OnePlus 9 Pro, so yeah, it was a long time ago, and I wrote this a long time ago, but I'm giving it to you now, so that's what's important. Now in this particular case with the OnePlus 9 Pro, I answered that it was not my phone to give because that phone came to me courtesy of android central which was admittedly like six jobs ago as far as i'm concerned i was just a holder of the phone storage if you will sure i could use the phone but for the moment it's residing in my drawer of phones i might have pulled it out once again at some point for funsies or for a comparison but at the end of the day the phone belongs to android central kind of which moves me on to my next point In general, the devices I get to review are either bought by me personally or sent to me by a PR rep for the manufacturer. In the case of devices I bought, no, I won't send it to you. Putting aside the fact that I bought the iPhone 13 Pro and the Samsung Galaxy S22 Ultra in part to finance future iPhone and Galaxy purchases, those are both thousand dollar phone so no i'm sure this will come as no surprise to you no i'm not going to send it to you thank you for listening and for watching but you're basically asking me to send you a thousand dollars and just no Now, onto phones and other devices that have been sent to me by PR for another company. These are essentially loaners. Sometimes they're asked for back, sometimes they're not. In either case, the phone is still not mine to give. I have been asked for phones back after months of use. Like, seriously, there are times I've gotten an email and I was like, What? Oh, I still have that? Yeah, okay. And yes, that sounds ridiculous, but when you use over a dozen phones per year, you kind of lose track. So for any device that I test for any outlet, I can be asked at any time to give it back. So no, I cannot send it to you. And even further, let's talk logistics. And this doesn't apply to me so much as the aforementioned Andrew Edwards or Marquez, but let's say these guys review, say, what? 24 phones a year that's a conservative estimate but still let's bump it up to 50 phones per year that's probably too high but we're playing with numbers here so bear with me let's say andrew says yes and sends whoever a phone well who gets the phone is it the first person to ask The neediest? The closest? Who pays for shipping? In some countries, it's actually cheaper to fly to the country and hand them the phone than it is to ship it there. So, do you just want me to toss a $1,000 phone into the mail along with another few hundred dollars of shipping? Because, what, you subscribed and smashed that bell? Just, really, stop and think about what you're asking. So, let's address the elephant in the room. Have I ever given a device to anyone? Sure. My son, my daughter, my wife, she currently uses a Samsung Galaxy S20 FE that I bought last year, and in that case, that's kind of unfortunate because I'd planned on using that to finance the Galaxy S21 FE this year. Whoops. So, will I ever send a phone to a listener? Probably. After I list it on Swappa.com and you successfully buy it, I'll be happy to send it to you. Will I ever have a phone giveaway? Maybe. I wouldn't rule it out, but I'm going to need more listenership before I can start doing stuff like that, so, you know, tell your friends. But overall, I won't be sending a phone out to someone who asks in a YouTube comment or a Twitter DM. There are so many reasons why not, but again, on some level, I appreciate the guts that it takes to even ask. So that's another short look into the life of a reviewer, and one last peek behind the curtain – before we say sayonara to season three. The last time I sat down for a fireside chat, it was well-received, so I thought I'd give you another nugget. If there's anything else you want to know, hit me up, benefitofadoubt.com slash contact, tweet me, leave me a DM, and let me know what you want to hear about, and I'll be happy to share. Just don't ask for a phone, because... no. Trade show season is coming up with CES, maybe, and MWC, maybe, on the horizon. And that means it's time to dust off our passports and head out for some on-the-ground reporting. And that begs the question, how do you pack for one of these things? So that's what we're here to talk about with Ricky Villacrez, U.S. editor for GSM Arena, for a modified What's in Your Bag segment. Ricky Villacrez, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much. So, um, you know, again, with, with CES, you know, as we record the CES is on the horizon, this may actually go to air when MWC is on the horizon, but regardless, they're both kind of back to back and we'll be, and, and I'm, I'm assuming you're probably going to go to both of those, but, uh, um, in fact, maybe we should limit it to MWC since that's an overseas trip, and that probably will in, uh, elicit a different answer for, from you in terms of like what you, what kind of stuff you need to take with you. But just in general, I thought it might be interesting to just ask, you know, like what do you take to a trade show? Because you know you're a writer and you're also a videographer, so there's like writing gear and camera gear. Probably some audio gear that you need to take with you. So I'm just kind of curious, like, what do you, uh, what do you take with you? How
1: do you, how do you pack for something like that? Okay, so if you asked me this in 2019, okay, um, well, I'll just tell you. In 2019, I traveled to Europe for six weeks between IFA, between going back to Bulgaria and seeing, you know, headquarters, and going mm. to, you know, just general traveling. I took three pieces of luggage. Really? I took a big suitcase, I took a carry-on suitcase, and I took a backpack. This is too much luggage. Right, right. (laughs) I didn't use a lot of it. So, even if it's for a long trip, I would just limit it to a carry-on bag and a backpack. Mm -hmm. That said, if I'm going to be attending a trade show, my backpack has to have my camera body, camera lens, at least to be to be safe i guess two lenses but okay. i probably just need one if i'm going overseas i will just take one lens okay um audio gear i had a shotgun mic but now that i have this uh this rode wireless go this is mm-hmm. gonna be perfect for for all the audio needs even for recording voiceovers even for recording um for recording like a roll uh i would take these uh Mike, these mic clips. I gotta Um, say, man, you are making a strong case for me to buy those bastards. (laughs) It's it's so. This is the pouch. This is the size of the pouch. Like, it's and that's all. And then, oh my, that's like a glasses case. (laughs) It's it's a little bit wider than my face. Yeah, yeah, I have a wide face. But so, (laughs) so okay, audio camera got it covered. I would take two SD cards. Okay, you know, just to back up in case. I would take an SD card reader if because my laptop doesn't have an SD card reader. I'll take Mm -hmm. my laptop, which I have a 15-inch gaming laptop that I edit my stuff on, Okay. which, side note, I'm actually waiting for a MacBook Pro to come in. I made the Switch, and I'm ready to embrace it because I can't do with this one hour of editing on battery, especially if I'm traveling. So, MacBook MacBook is what I'm switching for. Um, So computer the charger for it um the whatever you need to read the stuff on there like read in terms of like a like sd card reader or if it has it built in oh okay okay yeah um this my uh master mouse mx3 i love fancy mouse i love this mouse so much um when i travel i take it with me uh huh. key, keyboard i don't really travel with a keyboard uh i use this on my desk a key key yeah um, okay. okay so i have computer audio okay for video i used to travel with a large manfrotto fluid head tripod mm-hmm. then i realized this is overkill so <laughs> i'm i i don't have it here do i have it here no so i have a tripod that's maybe like this it's uh two feet not even two feet less than two feet like foot and a half long right okay it's a it's a compact Manfrotto tripod it doesn't have a fluid head but it has a a ball a ball head so I can Mm -hmm. like tilt it whichever way yeah and uh at the very most if I needed to do some kind of footage I would just put it on there and it's lightweight so that I can carry it around and just have it being held or if someone's traveling with me they can man the camera um so a little tripod is a must even if it's mm-hmm. just in case. I would also take an LED light panel, maybe okay. like maybe like this big 160 LED. There's a, a newer has one, I think it's newer that I have. Yeah, newer. Um, what else? Link in okay, the show notes. Okay, so <laughs> oh, sorry. I said link in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> link in the show notes, yeah. And I actually used to travel with a the last time I did a show or not a show, I did an event. I did this. The last like real sound, like phone launch I did was the Samsung Galaxy S20 launch in 2020 before okay. COVID started. Been and a I while. Took, All right. I took, <laughs> I took my teleprompter.
0: Hmm. It's a
1: small little teleprompter. You put a smartphone in it, you use an app and you have a remote. And I wrote a script during the event. I put it in there and I was able to present with the teleprompter. Um, I would take that. I would take that for sure. That really Excellent. helps for intro videos and stuff. It's a little bit of setup, but the execution is quick. So um, is it
0: just, it's basically like a like a box of the mirror in it, basically, right?
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. A All box of right. the mirror, and then you can slide the smartphone, or an extra smartphone. Which the question is, you know, how many smartphones do you take to a trade show? Sometimes I'll take three. <laughs> mm. Okay. I'll take two that I have I have on me, um, in case I need like a like you know just to have two different cameras, mm-hmm. and then um a third one probably for that auxiliary like the what's it called the teleprompter teleprompter yeah yeah so that's okay. that's camera computer drive maybe a hard drive if i need to like offload some stuff um mouse computer i think i pretty much covered the tech part okay okay so then if i'm packing for if i'm packing for like a week overseas yeah. i think i could i think i've figured it out to where i can own i can take a certain amount of clothes in like just carry on luggage oh cool okay because i'd rather not have to deal with having a big bag and then having like if i'm gonna if i want to travel like by train or if i want to travel by transit i can't be lugging those big bags to the trains and stuff. well I'd sure have to take a taxi so sure. just for simple like just to keep it simple for me i would probably mm-hmm. just go with um carry on and so for that i would probably pack two pairs of pants like maybe five shirts, you know, enough socks and underwear for five days, right? And uh, and if I need to, I would just sink wash. I I started sink washing my clothes in the hotels now. Hmm. Like it's just it, it it just keeps it just keeps it easier. And the last time I did it, I didn't end up using all my clothes. I didn't huh. end up wearing all the clothes that I brought with me. Interesting. So okay. so I, I so another thing I am going to invest in a uh, portable. Okay, this is an interesting one. A okay. portable, uh, <laughs> a portable um, washing machine. It's called, and it's like it's like a disc. It's like this big. It looks like the size. It looks like a like a smoke detector alarm. Okay, but it has uh it has an impeller on it that rotates, so it huh. has a it has a vibrate motor. It has an impeller. And so what it does is you can you can just literally dunk it into the water. You fill the sink up. You can do it to wash dishes so you can have the water swishing around in the sink or you can or you can do it to to swish around the water in your hotel sink when you have clothes in there and it's USB powered. So kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Just look up portable washing machine and I think you'll find it. I I, I have to invest in one actually, which reminds me I got to buy one. (laughs) <laughs> um yeah that that very that um but then you have to hang dry you know hang dry put it on your chair or your whatever sofa you have in the hotel whatever
0: huh. um, Interesting.
1: what else so clothes shoes i recently switched to minimalist shoes so they're way lighter to pack than like regular shoes with big soles okay um so i would take an extra pair of shoes um what else i think that what else does it cover a jacket, regardless of the regardless of the season, even in the summer, I'll take a jacket, a light jacket, just because it gets cold in the plane. Um. And yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and
0: so like carry on only. So like um. So a camera with one lens. What what camera are you carrying these days? What's your uh, What's your go to?
1: Well, I haven't. So for trade shows, I usually use the camera that they provided me, the Lumix. Uh, it's a okay. Lumix G7, Panasonic, and then okay. the kit lens that in, that's included which is like a, it's a 14 to 24, which is equivalent to a 30 to, what is it? 55. Hold on, am I thinking about it right? 24? 50, se- no, 72. Hold on, 24. Eh. I can't do the math. But kit lens, it come, that's it comes. It's a kit <laughs> lens. It's a kit, yeah. lens. That's, that's it's kit lens. That's plenty. That's yeah. plenty. So, But um, but for CES, I'm going to start traveling with an A7S uh, two that I have.
0: Oh, fancy! Okay,
1: yeah. So I have a I have a couple Sony cameras, but I'm gonna probably take the the video one, the A7s to CES, and then lens. I might, I don't know. I might take both. I have a fifty mill, nifty fifty. I have to take the fifty milliliter millil- mm-hmm. milliliter <laughs> milliliter, and um and then the kit one, which is like a, I think it's a 35 to 70. Okay. All right. Um. Yeah, Sony. And then for audio, like I said, the the audio kit. Yeah. Um, so for that's... those who are who didn't hear our off off camera discussion, which is
0: you know by the way everybody, um, but he's got a nifty like set of like two microphones and a wireless receiver that uh, from Rode that like kind of pricey, but like I you know if they sound good like that could be. Uh, that could be uh that could be a solid uh solid solution plus there's two of them so you can get like you know you can interview somebody and so that sounds that sounds a lot easier than a zoom and two sure sm58s <laughs> yeah so.
1: it's it's just so it's the size of like it's the size of like a stack of five saltine crackers each. Oh, like it's geez. not very big. Like it's so tiny. And they sound good, huh? I'll have to have you like record some sample audio and send it to me. I'll have to set, I'll have to, if episode four of my podcast, okay. I recorded with these. Oh, okay. The, the one with Miriam. I don't remember if it's three, or, I think it's four, episode four
0: good self-promotion love it love it yeah. so, all right cool Ricky well you know thanks for sitting down with us for this brief look behind the curtain of the in the life of a reviewer this is actually this is actually a topic that I've been sitting on for like several months I was waiting for like the right guest to come along and uh, and uh, talk about that so I appreciate you being the right guest so um let's give you uh 30 seconds to uh, talk about your podcast there and and your other work and then we can uh, close it out
1: Awesome, yeah. So, um, so I'm on social media at Ricky V Tech, which actually, really quick, I'm actually going to change to oh, Enrique, yeah. Enrique V T. That's really? Enrique, E-N-R-I-Q-U-E, V-T-T. Sorry, I'll start e? again. E-N-R-I-Q-U-E, V-T-E-E. And okay. so, um, yeah, I, I, I want to start going as Enrique. That's my name. Okay. And uh, I think that's more re- recognizable. But anyway, as, well, I, as I told
0: me that an hour ago, it's, it's, it's literally fine. I'm going to keep,
1: I'm going to keep my existing one. So my existing handle is Ricky, R I C K Y V T E C H Ricky V tech. Nice. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll have them redirect everybody to the new ones when that there happens. But, um, but yeah, so I'm there. The, the, my podcast is at how tech from there, you'll find links to whichever podcast app you use. Excellent. Um and you can uh follow the podcast also at Howtech Podcast on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube. Uh what's the other one? <laughs> Spotify. <laughs> Spotify, yeah. Yeah. All those, all wherever, of those.
0: Wherever you're listening to this, you can yeah. listen to that basically. So, yeah. cool. Well, thanks very much Ricky for coming on and for chatting with us about what you pack when you travel and uh hopefully we'll have you on again
1: soon sometime. Awesome. Thanks a lot, Adam.
0: So that's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. Please consider subscribing to the podcast if you enjoyed it. And if you really enjoyed it, I would love it if you could write a review for the show. And if you want some early access, jump onto Patreon at patreon.com slash benefit of the doubt. You can write to the show by visiting benefit slash contact. I'd like to thank Ricky Villacres for coming on and talking all about traveling with technology. I'd also like to thank co-producer Cliff for all of his hard work behind the scenes. But most of all, and as always, I'd like to thank you for listening and for giving me the benefit
1: of the doubt.